Hello friend. Welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter and that's Connor. We are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 2, Episode 10. It's called Eps 2.8 underscore hiddenprocess.axx. No idea what AXX is. Um, I've not done any of them this season, so... I feel really disappointed in myself. I feel like I need to go and take some... To be fair, they all seem to be decryption related, which is not exactly something that most people deal with. It's not, but I still feel like I should have at least got one of them. Mm. Um, full spoilers for the episode, as always, and uh, <laughs> oh, oh boy, uh, this, I'll say it right now, is the best episode of the season. Yeah. I'll say that right up, and it's funny because last season, Mr. Robot did this thing where it was great all season, and then around episodes 8 and 9, it just started blowing us away, like it just it went up a notch. And the same thing seems to have happened this year, so... Um, let's start, we'll go roughly kind of in order, or we'll tackle the different sort of plot lines as we go. Um, opening scene with uh, Philip and Colby. And Philip's asking Colby to uh, talk to this guy he knows because he's got the president's ear. And he wants to influence the president on a situation in Africa that China's also involved in. That's what That almost, almost seems boring to talk about, given the rest of the episode. So it quick, does, but quick it thoughts. also yeah. one hell of a monologue. Oh yeah, yeah. His, Philip's monologue about always wanting to be the most powerful man in the room was really well given and really well written. And plus, I it was, was the, so compelled. Plus the uh, slow track in the entire time. I think what I love about that is that he starts small and he gets bigger. It, it's like you see him growing into the most powerful man in the room, essentially. Hmm. And presumably the only rooms, because he mentions one or two. That he's not the most powerful man, and presumably we're talking about the White House and the like, the Chinese Dark Army, you know, head of Perhaps. state. Perhaps. See, I wouldn't even say the White House. If the fact that he can, if he thinks through proxy, he can influence the president, he might think he has more, like as much power equally there. True. I would say the two rooms are the ones with White Rose and with Elliot. Hmm, that's that's a good guess. That's a good guess. I've got theories on Elliot later. Um, okay. Of course, of course I do. <laughs> it's Mr. Robot. Things, <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Everyone's got theories on Elliot. Otherwise, you're not watching this show properly. I do. I the the song that starts to play as the the title hit the screen uh, did take me by surprise. Uh, they went with something a bit more uh, screaming this week. Yes. Uh, as it sort of sets up Joanna going to meet Elliot from the end of last episode, we see her at getting dressed and um, getting ready and going out and uh, hello Ollie or whatever she said. How is it even when she's literally just getting ready, she manages to be terrifying? I'm not sure, but she has she has this presence about her that I'm just scared of her. Yeah, and if you weren't scared of her there, you were definitely scared of her in the scene with Elliot because they bring Elliot back to her house and she informs him of what's been going on with the, the presence and the phone calls and she gives she gives him this story about how on their first date she made, or she asked Tyrell to sleep with another woman so he could steal her earrings and yeah. give them to her and like how he gives her gifts and all of that. And she tasks Elliot with um, tracing the calls and finding Tyrell. And Elliot 
you know, and again, much like the scene from the end of season one where she was terrifying because Elliot was like, in his head was going, can she hear us? Can she hear me talking to you? Like, he brings that up again, but there's also that moment where he, like, says, I don't know where he is or something along those lines. And she says, oh, you're telling the truth this time. Mm. And she's like, can you find him? I don't think so. Now we're back, back to lies. Yeah, it was mm. like, oh no, she's, she's she sees straight through him. She's reading. It, it does feel well. like she sees Mister Robot as well, though. Yeah, Mister Robot, who kind of walks out of the scene, sort of midway through. Yeah, like he starts there. He goes to leave, and she, and then like, he starts walking off, and she says, "Oh, don't be leaving." And then, so we assume that we were actually watching Elliot as Mister Robot there. Yeah, and then it flips back to Elliot. Cause... Then it flips back, but then he literally just kind of, kind of slowly walks out. Yeah, he just kind of just kind of leaves, and they set this up, and this sets up the plot line that Elliot has for most of the episode, uh, where her uh, driver, um, what's his name? Sorry. Driver bodyguard. Dude. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't know his name. Hold on. Um, Sutherland. That's his name. Sutherland. He. He he sort of drives Elliot around, and he dri- and Elliot convinces him he, he needs tech. He needs to go to the you know a store uh, to get some phones and computers and whatever. And that's where things get really interesting because that's where Elliot gets a phone call on the phone that Joanna gave him. You know the phone that presumably Tyrell gave to her. Yeah, it's that it's that wonderful shot as well where you just kind of see it sticking out of the pocket, just enough for it to see it say unknown, hmm. nothing else, and then you immediately know what's happening. And uh, obviously, there's no words from the whoever's on the phone. It's just the same kind of general breathing, breathing sound. noise that we've been hearing before. But what is interesting is that as soon as that happens, Mr. Robot disappears. He's just completely gone. And he's gone, I think, for the rest of the episode completely. Yeah. So, and Mr. And not, not only that, Elliot actually brings it up. He points it out. He's like. Why did Mr. Robot leave as soon as that phone call came through? Yeah, he talks about how he's uh, MIA f- for the rest of it as well. Like He's just not showing up to help now. Yeah, he really doesn't want to help with this. And it's when they go back to Elliot's place and Elliot's doing his thing. And he, he does his hacking thing and he's like faking being a cop so he can get tracking on the phone and all that. I mean, details, details. Although there was some pretty funny... Um, when he goes into the other people's Wi-Fi's, like he's getting the Wi-Fi from the neighbours and stuff, mm. there's some funny Wi-Fi names on there. If you, they flash too fast for me to catch. One I of them, get back. one of them was pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Ah, uh, standard. Yeah. That's, a, that's a modern classic. Uh, I think the other one was a. Uh, it burns when IP, but IP spelt with just uh, IP. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other ones, but but no. When it gets really interesting though, is Mister uh, Elliot starts talking about. Mr. Robot was desperate to get back to the house and he must have wanted something here. And then it goes to this shot, this like almost uh, bird's eye view of the the apartment and it just pans round and pans back and Elliot just occasionally sort of comes in and says, can you see what he wanted? He's he's no longer just giving us information. He's actually expecting a response. He's asking us for help. Yeah. And let's be honest, every single one of us was looking intently 
as that camera panned around that room, oh, looking, aye. looking for something. Whatever it could have been, and it's there. We know it's there. <laughs> it probably is. I'm, I'm willing to believe it's there somewhere. But um, so the the conclusion to this is that he tracks it back to an address within, I think, it says eight meters. Like, you know, twelve, twelve, whatever. Uh, Although that, that that is the one part of this this hacking show stuff that I have to question a little bit because I know how sketchy these cell towers are and how unreliable and the fact that police often can't locate people based on their their cell phone like when they're in trouble you know the, or, or ambulances whatever and they say oh, I don't know where I am and you think oh they'll they'll trace your phone they're really bad at it mm. I'm not I'm not fast. <laughs> I just I've seen examples where they can't even find it when it's coming from inside their own building. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I have nothing to. Yeah. Just just for something that's so so accurate, it it just it, the fact that it works so well just threw me off a little bit. Fair enough. Um. But the big thing here is that Sutherland reacts to this. He knows the address. Oh, he does. Because Elliot gets the coordinates or whatever, and he looks it up, and he's like, "Okay, it's in this address," and he he knows where this is. Um, and I'm not sure. Part of me was thinking old school horror movie. I'm like, it's coming from inside the house, <laughs> like. But then Elliot would probably recognise that address as well. Yeah, and it's the way he said, "There's no way it's that that is is there." He's he says, "There's no way he's at that house." Yeah, part of me, my my first instinct was to go with Knowles. Um, I think that was his name. That was uh, uh, Tyrell murdered his wife last season. Oh, aye, yeah. Um, wondering if this has maybe all been some game that he's playing with Joanna because of what Tyrell did to his wife. Um, maybe that seems too obvious. I don't know. It, it was just you know possibility. Well, it's, it is a possibility, but then would Elliot know? No, he wouldn't know the address, would he? He's never met him or no interacted with him in any way, shape, or form. So that's true. So I don't know that that was just kind of my thing, but obviously that's that is the first of many cliffhangers uh, in this episode, and it comes relatively early for a cliffhanger as well because it's like uh-huh. a good fifteen minutes probably before the end of the episode. Can I uh, before we had to go any further? Well, on the topic of cliffhangers, we didn't really get any resolution properly to one of the ones from last time. I think we did. I think you've made the mistake, same mistake I did. I was just thinking, as I was saying it, I was like, hang on, was it meant to be that? Was it like a a weird time thing that well, they kind of showed us? Well, when we, when we get to it, I'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk about it. But before we get to that, I want to stick with Elliot for now. and Because the other thing that's happening with Elliot throughout the episode is that he is keeps getting text messages from someone named Claudia Kincaid. Now, admittedly, it was in the previously on, so I was able to kind of piece it together. That um, and the first message, she signs it A. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice that. I just it was in the previously on, so I didn't even think about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was based on a story that Angela told um, in season one, where she talked about this character from a book called Claudia Kincaid that she wanted to be like that she imagined herself being. Which admittedly, I wouldn't have remembered had it not been in the previously on. I mean, I, I remembered it when I seen it. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember this scene. This was in episode four. It's quite early on, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it was, the dinner party. Uh, yeah, it was at the house party at Gideon's house, yeah. and. So she's been texting him, wanting to meet him, and they meet like very um, sort of spy-like on the train, on the subway train, so they're not being yeah. you know traced or uh, like listened to and all that. 
And I want to point out here, obviously we're not at this point of the episode yet in terms of what we're talking about, but this is actually during the tense music section of the episode, which we'll get to in full later. My God, this piece of music. Like, it was... Well, let's save it. Kind of, no, no, I'm, just, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just saying this piece of music, not what it leads to, just the whole time is just ramping tension. And I, but you can still save that. You can save that for when we actually get to Wilder's tension. But this scene takes place in the middle of this, right? Um, which, again, adds to the tension of this, because you're not really sure where this is going. Because at one point, I thought Angela was about to uh, say she had a, like a wire on her. Like, I thought that's where it was going as well for quite a while. Because she was like, why did you start F Society? And it's worth noting that this is the first time she spoke to him, A, since he got out of prison, but B... Well, she did go and see him in prison, but that was kind of like before she did anything herself. This is, you know, first time post, like, her taking these actions. Yeah. And her, like, talking to him about it openly felt like a very big moment. It was really kind of nice to hear them talk like this. And their heart, which we spoke about when she went to see him in prison, we said that that heart was kind of missing almost from the show because that was like a big thing last year and it grounded Elliot so it yeah. was really nice to get that again and then of course it ends with um, she, she says that she's going to confess to what she's done she's not going to implicate them but she can't keep running so she's going to go to her lawyer and start the process of like confessing what she's what she planted in the FBI building and all that and Elliot's like I don't want to like you know I, I, in his head he's like you know I don't want to let her do this, I, you know, I don't want to leave her behind and all that stuff. Which leads to a very, I'm sure, temporary uh, goodbye where they hug yeah. and Elliot finally makes a move and kisses her. And not only does he kiss her, she embraces the kiss. It's actually a really sweet while being tense moment. Like, Yeah, definitely. It alleviated the tension for a second because she fully like get into the kiss and didn't act weird, didn't jump back and go, what are you doing? We've been friends for years or anything like that. So yeah, it was a very, very sweet moment. Um, and I mean, you could read into it more. I've heard some theories that maybe they actually were a couple in the past and Elliot's not remembered it and stuff like that. So maybe you could read into it there that that's why it is such a natural reaction. But I almost want to believe it is just like a genuinely sweet moment where like, she accepts It could be kiss. either, yeah. It feels like it could be either way. Um... But the theories that I want to talk about out of this scene... Is it the museum conversation? It is the museum conversation because... And this comes back to... I want to say four or five episodes ago. In our reviews, we discussed something... In fact, it was probably earlier than that. It was probably the first couple of the season. And we discussed... Like, what Elliot's delusions were before Mr. Robot. Because... We had a bit of a debate, and you at the time you thought that Mr. Robot, as his father, had always been around, or something to that extent. And I said, well, no, because at the start of season one, that in, like this initiated this new phase, like Mr. Robot coming back and him not remembering stuff. And we had a bit of a debate, and we spoke about possibilities. But here, and given what's happened with uh, Elliot, like his plan being what Dark, you know, the Dark Army's plan is. Just and- uh, speaking of the plan. Did you notice the, the posters on the either phase. side? Yeah, yeah, the phase. There was two phase posters. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice that. But he, like... Yeah, so given that we know that Elliot has something to do with the plan that the Dark Army has, given that Mr. Robot dis- is disappearing and is like against Elliot doing certain things now, she says, 
because back in season one, when he like disappeared towards the end of the season, Angela said, "Oh, let's go and see if he's in the same place I found him last time this happened," and they went to this this museum place, and in this conversation, she says, "Like, okay, we know we know that you're talking to your dad now. Like, that's who you're seeing. When I went to find you in the museum the first time, was that who you were seeing then?" And he says, "I don't remember." Yeah, the fact that he doesn't remember is very interesting because there's multiple possibilities. There's there's one obvious, well, potentially obvious theory that just he genuinely has just blacked it out because it was traumatic, whatever happened, and and he, as Elliot, has put up a, a mental block subconsciously. Or, you know, just a, or obviously, the much more interesting theories. There's someone else. Exactly. Someone who possibly even started the Dark Army. Someone playing it all, yeah. Which, you know, oh, interesting. <laughs> that, is the, that is the reveal that could change literally everything. That you'd want to go back to the first season and watch through again, knowing there's more personalities than see what's different there. And at that point, like I have to wonder, because if you go back to the end of season one, when Philip meets White Rose when he's not in White Rose mode, you know, yeah. the post-finale you know, finale episode, or scene, and I believe one of the lines he says is, we know who did this. Yeah. And I have to wonder, does Philip know whoever this third Elliot personality is? If there is indeed a third personality, and he is the leader of the Dark Army. Aye, which would obviously uh, explain my, my previous notion earlier where one of the rooms that he wasn't the most powerful in was with Elliot or whatever persona he knows Elliot as. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is very... <laughs> it's, it's such a big thing, though. Like it's, it'll completely change the fabric of the, everything. It is. It, the thing is, though, there's always been this possibility that there's been more because when we first met him, he was in uh, therapy for something. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is exactly uh, and, what we spoke about. This is exactly what I said at yeah, the start of the season. And, and like we said, uh, Angela and Darlene knew this had happened before, so th this has always been on the table. But then bringing it up like this, hmm. something else. And since Mister Robot is based on his father, I wonder who the other entity might be based on. That is the question. And, like, is Mr. Robot the better version who's trying to do something m slightly more... No Even though Mr. Robot, we've seen, can be, you know, violent or threatening or whatever, um, or try and, like, not care about the, the morals and situations, like, is the other entity worse? Because this other entity, if it does exist, and it is Elliot, I mean, starting the Dark Army, we've seen just how dark the Dark Army are. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Robot, while, obviously, he can ignore morals feels at least it's a, a greater good situation mm. like he's doing it for the right reasons if if in somewhat flawed ways whatever this other one is well they could play by any rules we just don't know yeah we don't so oh that'll be interesting to get more of this um the scene ends of course with elliot getting off the train and two mysterious characters come into the foreground, and implying that Angela will probably not quite make it to her lawyer as previously planned. Do you want to know something interesting that I saw after last week's episode? 
So before this, it was these two. I, I I know exactly what you're going to say. I seen this too. Yeah, they've been in. They've been following her all all season. Yeah. Well, since 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 Dom said that she was going to have a follow, whatever. I actually think it was before that. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, because she says she's have been having a fold ever since X thing. However, I think that's a swerve. Okay, you don't think they're Dom's people? I don't think they're FBI. I think they might be something else. Mm, okay. I could be wrong, but I just... I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know how early they started showing up, because I've seen all the screen caps of like these two people like in the background. Yeah. And I don't know if this was like pre these events. I'm like, is this Dark Army? Is this... And if it's just FBI, like I don't know. Well, well, my my implication is if they are FBI, they were on the other side of the door the whole time. Presumably, Angela perhaps was wired, and they were getting this conversation. Uh, that's possible. Um, yeah, I suppose if, if if it is a wired situation, then it does make sense that she's in cahoots with them at this point. Um, that that was one of the ways I, I took it. They if it's been. Dark Army, then it, this could be them intercepting her before she goes and makes trouble yeah with uh you know lawyers and the law and everything else um or parmy even thinks it might be philip's people mm, okay I could, I could see it because philip as you know uh, last episode white rose referred to angela at least i'm assuming it was angela he referred to as her pet project or his pet project that's true and i wonder if he is keeping tabs on her to stop her from doing things like this and this is why they're stepping in now it's because this is when she's about to threaten things. That's possible, and obviously, Philip is a is a powerful man, as 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 we got <laughs> the third most powerful man on the planet right now, apparently. According to him, yeah, a very <laughs> vain view of himself, really. But, <laughs> hey, well, it's but only third. Way, it's only third. You know. I mean, yeah, he's not that, going all out. That but... said, he did go on to say that um, he wants to <laughs> he wants to be remembered in a model that's only been set by God. <laughs> yeah, he is rather ambitious, isn't he? Yeah, fairly but, but with that level of assumed power, he he would have influence enough to quite easily do this. Oh yeah, he'd have people he could hire. Like he'd have yeah surveillance teams and whatnot. Uh, right, so we'll leave that there. Um, no doubt there's some small details with miss. By all means, let us know in the comments. <laughs> this is uh, a this is a meaty episode. It's a fun one to discuss. So any details that are missed, by all means. All right, so let's jump over to Darlene and Cisco. And it's funny, at the start of the episode, when things started going with these two, and they were talking about Vincent, who, by the way, I only know his name because I read it multiple times after the episode, not because I would have actually remembered the name Vincent. Um, he, he's, who, he's who was behind the couch at the last episode in the house uh, that Cisco found, and he, he heard the heavy breathing, and it's because he's injured. Uh, we find out later through uh, uh, the FBI that he was in like, a car accident when he was being chased or whatever, and he made it to here. And they have this debate whether or not to save him because Darlene's concerned that if he goes to a hospital, you know, he wakes up on morphine, he's, he, knows, he knows her face, he might talk, he might say stuff. Um, and Cisco, of course, brings up, wait, how, like, cold and evil are you? Not not in these words, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, that, that's the He basically trick. calls her out on her being an evil bitch dictator, which is what she's been attempting to be. Yeah, like, for the last few episodes, season. yeah. She certainly has. And obviously in the last couple of episodes we've seen her kill someone. We've seen her cross a line. Uh, but it, it feels weird to justify that but at least there there was like a personal thing going on there. This, Yeah, that was a, there was at least an emotional logic to it. This would have been much more cold and calculating. Which, 
and to her credit, she does come round and they go to the hospital. But it's funny, as this was all getting going, I was actually thinking, wait, are they not going to reveal who was at the door last week? And I was getting really annoyed and I was like, oh no, wait, it'll just be those two. <laughs> it, it crossed my mind, as I was saying earlier. It's They really played with the timing of that, didn't they, last week? Because I, yeah, it, it was actually, it, it was after I watched the episode, I was, uh, I was seeing other people ask the question and I was seeing the response and I'm like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's this thing we see all the time in like uh, Game of Thrones, for example. Like someone will be crossing the sea and then back, and then we'll see someone on the other side. These things that happen like months apart, but we're seeing them in this condensed time. It's kind of the same thing here, where it looks like one happened and the other were at the same time. Yeah. Like it looked like it was flashing he, back he, and forth. He, yeah, but here it was like a sort of like a montage type thing at the end of last week, so it kind of works. Yeah, but in reality, it just went from one to the other. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's more obvious just based on editing, and you, you don't even think about it. It just works. Uh, whereas that one was intentionally, I think, being a little bit tricky. It was meant to be to throw it as an extra cliffhanger, yeah. Um, so they go to the hospital, and this is where... So they're waiting on him getting his uh, tests and whatever, and they're waiting on the doctor, and Darlene tells a story, who I have found out via the internet, because I've never read this Claudia Kincaid book, right? But Angela's story that she tells here, or not Angela, sorry, Darlene, Darlene's story that she tells here is actually apparently very similar to the character of Claudia Kincaid in a lot of ways. And How I, is it? And I didn't know this when I watched it. I just read this online after. I, have, I never knew this character before uh, the show. But the story Darlene tells is that once when they went to, a, I think it was Coney Island, when they were kids as a family with their parents, her and Elliot, she went with her mother while Elliot went with his father uh, and she got separated from her mother at some point. She got lost. And some woman... Now, I didn't realise this was going down a road of abduction right away. I thought this was just going to be a case of this woman is nice to her. It starts with playing, oh, this woman will help her find a family. Yeah. Like, that's the that's the implication it starts with. And then, like, the next sentence, it's like, nope. Yeah, and, yeah. she took me home and showed me my bed. <laughs> <laughs> and it showed yeah. me my room and all all that and it was a really dark story but the darkest part of it was Darlene saying I was happy obviously we know Elliot had a very rough childhood what with the, the window incident for example yeah and, he's, and he, his mother seems to have always been yeah you know, and, and, and the portrayal we've always had of his, of his mother the fact that he likened his mother to a prison guard quite easily like yeah. you know that's that's a, that's a worrying sign but I think it's always been assumed that it's kind of been his issues that have amplified this. Whereas it seems, no, it was just a, an awful environment for both of them. Yeah. Especially, I mean, especially from the mother. I, th- I think there's always, yeah. I mean, there's always hints that Mr. Robot as a father was like not perfect. Like he had flaws, but the mother seems like she was just downright abusive. Like on... That's the thing. We've had hints of that, but, flashbacks we've physically seen with uh with with mr robot when he was like when he was alive like he's quite a a reasonable father from part, what we've yeah. seen what we've been told is something a bit different but but then are the flashbacks also from elliot's weird perspective it's <sighs> a good question but anyway so she talks about how happy she was and how like she was happy that she would never have to go back to them and all that and how she was disappointed when the police burst in the next morning and rescued her, quote-unquote. And 
It's, but it ends on a really sweet note as well because she says, but if I hadn't came back, I wouldn't have Elliot. Yeah. And, like, again, it's, it's kind of like how they had to hide this relationship for most of season one because it was going to be a big twist. And it was a great twist, so I'm not, I'm not even disputing that they should have done that. Of course they should have done that. That was great. That was a fantastic moment. But it's all they've also done this really good job of building, like, a heart between those two now as well. Yeah, it's like, now that we know, it's we can actually explore that dynamic and understand it that way which is really interesting because it's changed so much from season one because obviously season one we see is she's just a another one of the of f society she's just another one of the gang and we kind of perceive that relationship even though if you watch it again you can see from her side she knows there's more yeah so that's that and they're told by the doctor that oh the guy'll it'll be an hour before we have like his like results back or whatever he's you know and yeah you know, he's CT been tested scans. on yeah he's did scans yeah that was what it was and he you know and they're like oh yeah we've got an hour to kill let's go get some food so they go to a diner however far away a few blocks five blocks whatever it was and they have a nice little scene where they actually seem kind of playful as a couple almost. Yeah, where he steals some of the food. and He steals some of the food, and when she pulls him up on it, he immediately grabs a drink and takes a swig of that as well. But then she has this big smile. Yeah, she has this big smile, and it's a really sweet moment. In hindsight, I should have been... Should have should have known, shouldn't I should have, I should have been sensing doom here. But we'll get to the doom later, because I think before we get to that, we have to go from the other Dom. side of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have to go to Dom's side of the story to get to the end in there. And so Dom basically is... Uh, brought to the house, the house that the, the AF site was in, because uh, someone's seen Cisco leave with the injured guy, they reported it in, and now they've got reason to believe, oh wait, this is, you know, this, this matches the description that Ollie gave of this guy who sold him the CD, so Dom puts it together. She wants to almost lure him, she's like upset that the house is cov- crawling with FBI agents. You know, I think yeah. the, the phrase she uses is that they burned the house, like it was a, it was a an asset and now it's gone because they've got they're swarming with agents no one's going to come back now yeah and her director says oh we're going to put this on the news we're going to put this out to the media and she's like what no like the dark army are going to target them immediately as soon as you do that yeah and he's like nah we're putting it out like tough but she but someone basically they track the cab company to cisco's house so as the episode's going we see them at the that other house we see them at cisco's house and she sees his name, they put the thing out in the media, and then after they leave the hospital, the one of the nurses sees it on TV and phones it in. So they come to the hospital, and I just hit my desk. Sorry if that was loud. Um, I'm very vocal with my hands, folks. Uh, yeah. Do, do I, I realise, but you know, that, you know, as they go into his house, mm. it's right as Elliot is discovering the address. It mm. cuts from him going the address... And it plays with just for a second. It's like, the idea. Wait, wait, is yeah. is this that place? Yeah, I, I think I thought that as well. For I, I forgot about it because so much else happened. But yeah, I think for a second, it's, I, it's, it's in, yeah. I think it's intentionally edited that way. But yeah, and then you you're like, oh no, it's not here. And because you yeah. see the FBI going, you're like, whoa, hang on, is this because it's like, is this still part of that storyline? Yeah. And then you get to the name badge, and it kind of goes, uh That was a bit of a weird reveal. Actually, I knew where they were because I I recognised one of the posters from last week. Because there was a really big poster. I can't even remember what it was now, but there was a really big poster that I just like, it caught my eye and I was like, oh yeah, it's this place. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so they go to the hospital. And we spoke about the tenth music earlier. 
I want to tell you exactly the moment the tense music starts. Because I went back and checked. Because I was curious. <laughs> okay, go <on. laughs> Um Basically, the tense music starts to come in exactly the moment Dom starts to realise they couldn't have went far and that they might be coming back. Like Because obviously, the, the, the FBI director dismisses it says, oh, they're long gone now, they're not coming back. Basically, he's really yeah, crappy he, job. He goes, oh, they'll have, they'll have seen it on the news, yeah. they'll have fled. Which, don't get me wrong, it's not a bad assumption, but at the same time, you still want to play it as if they might. You know, you still, you know, cover it, just in case. But Dom puts two and two together. She's like, why didn't you phone it until now? And the nurse is like, well, or because uh, this other nurse, when she starts a shift, usually turns it to the news. Like, that's why I didn't see it until this time. And because she knows that they were told to come back in an hour, she puts it together that they can't be far. Like, they had yeah. to have just went local. Uh, within, like, what? 20 minutes walk at yeah. most realistically yeah yeah because if you're walking to get food and then coming back can't, can't be super far and that's when the music starts to play it's when she starts putting this together and you can see her putting it together and it's one of those great moments where you can see what she's thinking yeah you've got all the, you've got all the pieces of the the puzzle and you know that she's got these pieces and you can see her realize it's good acting for a start you can see it in her face her eyes are doing all the work it's one of those things where like it's interesting because in this show we often have Elliot's narration telling us what's in his head. Mm. So we have word for word, but this time it feels like we had that anyway, even without anything. You, you can hear exactly what, what thought process she's going through. Yeah. And so begins the tense intercut scenes of Dom trying to find Darlene and Cisco by running through the street looking for places she eventually talks to a, a you know, a stranger who's closing up, closing up her work and says, where would you eat around here? Um, and she's like, oh, maybe over in this direction, a few blocks that way, you know. And that gives her the right direction. Again, this also stops in the middle at one point to give it the Elliot and Angela scene happen. So that also feels very tense. Everything's sort of tensely cutting together here. And... <laughs> Dom gets there, and I, I love that they picked a, a place where they're eating where there's a, a giant red neon like sign, because yeah. as soon as you see that in the background, you know she's there. You know the f- yeah. she's found her. You don't have to see them, because you can't really make them out. You, I mean, you can see those two figures, and you know it's them because of the sign, but you couldn't really... You, you only know it's them from context. Yeah. You can't actually see them physically. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be able to tell it was them, probably, I don't think. And so, this is when it goes to one shot. Single shot... Just- Right from up across the street. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's a completely static shot as well. It doesn't move. It is, yeah. Yeah, and Dom's there. She turns around, sees them, and she walks in. And the camera stays back. To be fair, Mm. she calls for backup first. She she tells them that all to get there. True, true. Devil's in the details. She calls for backup first. Smart as well, because, you know. She's a a good agent. She she might be, like, you know, pushing the rules a bit every now and then, but. Yeah, she's not an idiot. We're clearly seen. Yeah. And she goes in. And we see her go in, again, we're across the street, she goes in, and she talks to Cisco and Darlene, and we don't know what she's saying, we don't hear any of this, because, again, she's miles away on the other side of a window. We don't the, know what the, she's as, the assumption is that she's arrest, uh, re, pre, arresting Cisco and maybe reading his rights. I wouldn't assume that, actually. Would you not? I wouldn't assume that until there's backup. I would have thought that until the backup's there... She would make with the the more like like we've seen or do with Angela. She'll make the small mm. talk and just okay. act kind of you know. Okay. She'd be yeah. stalling for time, I, I think. But that, I mean, doesn't really matter at this point. But that, that's what my my brain was doing during that scene, and it's when it was lingering because there's a couple of seconds before anything else happens on the screen, right? 
And I was like, we're lingering too long here. Something big's about Especially to happen. with that music going. Especially with the music as well. But it was the way the shot was lingering. Like my, just, I guess my cursory knowledge, well, I, I, it's more than cursory knowledge, really. I actually went to school to study TV and film. But my, you know, my knowledge of filmmaking says that the way this camera's sitting back is they're about to do something impressive because yeah, they're feeling there's, there's confident. There's a reason for this. There's a confidence in what they're doing here. And we've already set up the Dark Army coming in and shooting places. We've seen that excellent scene, you know, a few episodes ago. Yeah. The bait comes in at the side and comes around the corner and stops right up in front of us. There's a second where you think, oh, maybe this is her backup. I don't think that. Do you know, I think it's played very much as this, this because you start seeing police coming in soon after. This is played like this might be backup. I don't think it plays like that. I, I think they look sketchy the second they're there. there. Yeah, I mean sketchy. the fact there's two on a bike is is sketchy. But yeah, especially since I was thinking the entire time. Oh, so the the baker from the night of is crossing over into uh, <laughs> Mr. Robot. Um, yeah, like that reference. <laughs> um, but they come in, and immediately the, the one in the back gets off, and you see the submachine gun. So even if you even if you were thinking at this point, you know maybe it's backup. At this point, you're like, oh, it's a submachine gun. This is clearly sketch. The word yeah. is sketch, right? Yeah, Danger's is. going down. And he just casually walks up to the window. Now, I don't know if you noticed this detail. Did you notice the uh, the, the the crossing lights? For the, it counts for the down. Walk? It counts down to him shooting. Yeah. yeah, it counts down 4, 3, 2, 1 before he takes the shot. And, there's, and does the music stop at this point? Because the music stops at some point, I think. I, think it's as, I, th- I, th- I don't think it's as he's shooting. I think it's as Dom walks out. Right, yeah. I, I knew it stopped at one point, I just couldn't remember where exactly. But, yeah, he shoots, he opens fire, we see Dom duck, we have no idea how quickly the other two were able to duck or whatever, because they do look at him, we see that they look at him, they all turn. But to be fair, Dom is already facing the window, so she has extra time. It wasn't a critique of the other two that she, they didn't duck. <laughs> no. But, yeah, Dom's facing the window, so she, so she has a better chance of ducking. And... As the as the gunner's walking back, Dom pops up, shoots him a couple of times, or maybe before he turns, I can't remember. But you know, she pops up and you know gets a couple of shots off, shoots him. He's stumbling back to the bike. The police sirens are coming at this point because she's called for backup, and uh, the biker, the guy who's still on the bike, realizes, all right, he's not making it back. I'm driving off, and the guy who's stumbling and been shot takes out a pistol and blows his, blows himself in the head because we've seen that that's what the Dark Army do when they're about to get caught. Yep. So we know it's them. We we know. Well, on the off chance that that first shooting was also not the Dark Army, I guess we just know it's the same people as them. But we're assuming this is the Dark Army. Yeah. And Dom runs out, out of breath, looking up the street. Obviously, one of the cop cars has chased the, the baker that's on the bike. And we end with a shot of Dom just looking, you know, same shot still of just looking like, you know, what the hell? Everything just went down. And it just cuts the credits and. I think most people watching she this... Is, she is splattered in what appears to be blood. I mean, there's always the off chance they swerve and they go, oh, I hit a ketchup ball. You know, there's there's, this, there's, there's, there's a potential. Not that I expect that. I think there's zero potential that that's ketchup. I think that too, but... Partly because, yeah. maybe contrary to childhood belief, ketchup and blood do not look the same. That looked like blood. <laughs> It did to me too, but... That gunner definitely hit at least one person. There is no way in hell they missed the first person they aimed at. The question is, 
which one or are both yeah dead. for me it's not a question of which one for me cisco is definitely dead and darlene might be and okay. i guess we have to theorize as to how that works in the show i think and the funny thing is now obviously the thing darlene has over cisco is that she's much more of a main character so she has that but the reasons I have for being sure that Cisco's dead, beyond just the fact that the gunner walks up and couldn't have missed, like taking that in a weird way, take that out of the equation, right? Let's say it was more obscure and we didn't know for sure if they'd hit anyone. I would say for sure Cisco's dead because thematically, the way he has his last meal, the way he talks Darlene down and like almost like drowns her the way that Angela grounds Elliot, like he gets all these moments in this episode where we actually get to kind of care about him. And I don't yeah. think we've ever cared about him before. He's always been kind of sleazy. Yeah, whereas this episode made them more human, and I think yeah. that was intentional. But by the same token, all my argu- all my argument there also applies to Darlene, because Darlene has that story where she talks about being kidnapped and then says, but then I would never have had Elliot. She has this human moment. She also does the right thing and takes, him to the ho- takes Vincent to the hospital, despite the fact that she was toying with the idea of not doing that. And on top of that, over the last few weeks, she got an emotional sort of like conclusion by killing the woman, and they've also built up her and Elliot, like, the way they hugged when, she came out, when he came out of prison. Like, I could buy... I don't necessarily think 100% for sure that she is dead, but I could buy that this is the end of her character, if that's you how could. they go with it. And don't forget, in this episode, she had the acceptance of she isn't the leader, Elliot is. So yeah, it's, it's like her realising that she isn't important. Yeah, she completed an arc. Yeah. And that's... It's kind of worrying for her. It's, it is worrying. It's almost like, I don't know, the writers might have just finished her story, which would mean they could have just killed her off. And it, it's affecting, like, I'm worried. And it and if we go back to our other theory, that Elliot's third persona, if it indeed exists, is the head of the Dark Army, what is Elliot going to do when he realises he is responsible in some way for this? And what happens if he snaps again at some point? Do we get a Darlene personality? Oh, well, that'd be a good way of keeping her on the show, actually. Aye. That would be good, yeah. That, that would that would be all right. Imagine if, like, her and Mr. Robot there at the same time. Oh, I could see them doing that. Like like a, like a you know, the angel and devil on the shoulder sort of thing. Although I could I could see them saving that for sometime next season. I, 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 I wouldn't imagine it'll happen in the next I would, I wouldn't expect it in this yeah. season either. I was thinking... A little bit in the future. But yeah, I, c- I could see, it, see her popping up um, like that at some point later. Um, but, like, like if this is, like, an Elliot persona who is making these calls and demanding this stuff happen, how is Elliot going to deal with that realisation when he eventually learns it? That's why I think we could get a darling personality. I think he'll feel so guilty. It'll, he'll try and forget it again. And then as a subconscious way of keeping her memory alive, essentially keeping her alive, he'll create the personality of her to live on through him. In the same way that his dad lives on through him as Mr. Robot. But you think he'll forget? Not necessarily. I think he'll forget. Well, you did just say that, though. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Now, that I'm, now, that, now that you're saying it, I'm I, I don't think he would, because I think that would be weird if we have all this knowledge that he doesn't. I feel like the show's done very well with all yeah. this having him on the same level as us or knowing more than us. I don't think yeah, it would yeah. ever be the other it's, way around. As, as, you que- as you said that, I've questioned yeah. myself. I, I don't think he'd forget. I think it'd be more the guilt of I, it. I, 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 buy, 
I buy her becoming a Mr. Robot-esque character in his head, but I, yeah. Um, as soon as she is dead, and she may not be, she may she be might alive. I was say, and that changed because I'm just thinking of that on the spot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> oh, jeez, what an episode! This has been easily our longest Mr. Robot review. Um, yeah, for obvious reasons, it is packed. Um, excellent filmmaking. That last, those last ten minutes with that music playing and that last shot, exceptional. There's nothing more impressive to me in like a movie or in this case a TV show, when a director, and to an extent the cast are confident enough in what they're doing in the scene. They, do, they don't even have to do anything with the camera. It just sits there. And you let it play out all in the frame and just let it happen. You know? I think it says it all that there are times in this episode where I literally just stopped and sat forward because I just I just needed to... You know, like sometimes you just sit up and you pay attention. Mm. But I, I literally just... I was like literally like sitting forward, leaning in, going, I, I want to know. I want to know more. This was... This was a... Uh... This was a breathtaking episode, quite frankly. Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. And it le- le- left us with a lot of cliffhangers. Uh, might be the best episode of the whole show, which is a big statement. It's, it's up <laughs> um, there for sure. Now, I, I, if I'm going to give it one complaint, right? Not this okay. episode. Not this episode that actually, is in particular, just kind of this season. Okay. Everything since Elliot's left the prison has been so phenomenal. I do kind of wish he left earlier than he did. I get that. You know, like, he, he didn't, like, it was episode 9. The start of episode 9 is when he left the prison. I do kind of wish it was maybe at least a couple before that now, just because everything since has been So phenomenal. you wish it had been more like half rather than two-thirds? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair complaint. Um, but then, don't forget, like, he he, taught, he references Ray in this one. I think all that prison stuff has influenced him. Oh, no, no. We haven't seen yet entirely. Oh, no, I'm sure. But at the same time, you could have easily made that f- probably five episodes instead of seven or eight. Or Perhaps. I, th- I think there's the one, like, you know, the one that um, was the, the sitcom. I think, you know, when they extended the episode order just before the season started, I think it was things like that where we would have left the prison earlier, but they had these extra episodes kind of to play around with in that space. Yeah, maybe. Um, like I said, I'm not. I'm not even like those episodes were good. Like it must, it's been great all season, but it's just now that we've left the prison and everything since has been amazing. I just kind of wish it happened a little bit sooner. Yeah, that that's totally fair. Um, but yeah, that's Mr. Robot this week. And next week, see when this episode ended, I was like, oh great, double finale next week. I'm so pumped. And I find out that they have since decided to split the finale up and air a part one next week and part two the following week. At least, the, looking at the TV guide right now, that's what it says. At the start of the season, everything I looked at online said it was going to be airing as a, as a double. But it looks like now it's going to be aired over two weeks. Meaning we've got an extra week of Mr. Robot, which sounds great. But, A, I was looking forward to just having a big double final next week. And B, it now bleeds into all the pilots that we're going to be covering the following week. But hey. C... I'm a little concerned that it may have been planned as a double and now it will feel like we're taking a break rather than... Like, if it is actually part one, part two, yeah. it feels like they should have been together and it feels like they're just spacing out for whatever reason. That said, they made a point of airing the first one together and that did... Because we got the first episode a couple of days early and that felt like a, like half of an episode. But did. they still aired it as a double. They just gave the first part a little bit early. Whereas Which is that, why I'm a little bit concerned. Because that's why I'm not concerned. 
Okay, you think, oh, if, they, if it had to be together. If, if Sam Ismail's made this choice, I'm kind of trusting him. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm down with that. I'm just, yeah, right. I'm more looking at from from the network's point of view, have they kind of gone, oh, we can get an extra week if, out of this by if, just pushing that back? If this was a network force thing, then sure, that, that might be the, an issue, but I feel like... As, look, as long as I come next week and I go, that didn't feel like half an episode, that felt like an episode, I'm down. And yeah, even if forget it does, everything I've just said. And even if it does, like, we're not going to care that much after we see the second part. But um, it's half an episode of Mr. Robot yeah. is still better than like ninety-five percent of anything else. But I'm inclined to think they didn't force this just purely because they renewed it for a third season, even though season two's ratings have been pretty bad. So and they've kind of let Esmeralda do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, he's had com- since like mid-season one. He's had complete free reigns, so. You know, um, and he I, is their golden child, and I hope that he directs every episode next season because the direction this year has been bloody fantastic. The, the, you know, finish. I'll admit at the start, you know, when when we got that news, it was a little because he did a couple of episodes last season, but writing and directing every episode was that's a lot of work. It's a monumental challenge. He didn't rate every episode. Do you not? No, no, there's all the writers listed for all the episodes. Oh, okay, he's got cool. a writing team who do it like any. Right, I thought TV he wrote show. a lot of them. He obviously he's a showrunner. He oversees it all, but yeah. I thought for some reason I thought he wrote most of them. No, he he's he's got. A, I can't remember. I can't name you any names. But when you look at the Wikipedia, there's you know names okay, listed. That's fine. But either way, like directing all of them is still a big challenge. That's like what twelve hours out of TV. It's a Aye. lot. Yeah, that's but a lot. It's, it's been great. That's insane. Uh, essentially, he's went and just directed a giant movie. Really, when you think he's, about it, he's kind of gone full auto, really. In terms which of, is, he's just kind of taken control and like gone. This is mine, which is fine by me. Um, uh, I guess, <laughs> given the uh, door cliffhanger from uh, the end of last season, um, I guess we'll find out in about three years uh, which one of Darlene and Cisco are dead. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of cliffhangers that are still not answered, the one concern I do have now, now that we're getting into the two-part final, is that. <laughs> Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm almost expecting now the last moment of the finale, part two, to, to be, be Tyrell. To be Bonsoir Elliot. Cut yeah. to credits. And I'm like, really? <laughs> all season, it. all season he's been gone. The other thing is, though, I wouldn't be mad. At this point, I wouldn't be mad either. Because I feel like... If, if the season hadn't lived up to that promise, sure, I'd be mad. But the fact that it's done everything that it has done already... I, I can feel the butthurt coming, though, from the internet. Oh, yeah. I can feel it coming, you know? Yeah. But, hey. Um, yeah, so that's Mr. Robot. We have went so long in this episode for obvious Jeez. reasons, so I will wrap this up quick. Uh, yeah, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. Uh, give us your thoughts and theories on the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that jazz. It helps us out a lot. And join us next week for part one of the finale. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.